This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, and we have a special guest in the studio today. His name is John Tuck. John is a really good friend of mine and is my community group leader. And uh, John has been attending the Village Church for how long, John? Um, a little over three years now. A little over three years. And John, uh, he came to the Village Church as an ex-Jehovah's Witness, but had not yet trusted in Jesus. Mm. And uh, I had the privilege of watching John work through um, many questions. And ultimately, um, I would say through a study of Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, um, was brought to saving faith in Jesus Christ as the gospel um, became clear to him. And so uh, we brought him in um, today to answer a question specifically about Jehovah's Witnesses, and here's the question that was submitted: What is the best thing to say when a Jehovah's Witness comes to the door? What do you do, John? What do you say? Wow, uh, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. Well, I'll take a step back from that before we uh, really understand what conversation topics to, to to pick with Jehovah's Witnesses, but uh, really kind of get some framework. Uh, around what a conversation can look like, um, and and you alluded to, uh, I, you know, I was born and raised a Jehovah's Witness until uh, 25 years old when I left mm. the organization. Um, at this time of recording this podcast, now I'm 35, so I've been out of this organization for about 10 years, wow. um, but have family and some friends that are still in it, uh, very much involved in it, and. With Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, there are some do's and don'ts, uh, and there are some great resources out there that I really, uh, really like, and I would highly recommend. Um, uh, but the the one that I would point to first uh, would be uh, Reasoning with Jehovah's Witnesses uh, by Dr. Ron Rhodes, and he says to yell at them, correct? Yeah, he says scream, yeah. yell, throw stuff. No, he doesn't. That, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't do that. But um, I, I want to use that resource in in really understanding again the framework of how you're going to really approach a conversation. Uh, and the first thing to remember is uh, this is an organization uh, that is uh, guided and directed from the top down of uh, what they call a governing body. And this governing body makes all the rules that are set forth by Jehovah's Witnesses, and there is zero disagreement with those rules. If you disagree with those rules uh, or mm. any doctrine, you are in jeopardy of being cut off completely from everything you know, hmm. friends, family, things alike. Uh, so it's a very slippery slope with them. Uh, and you have to be very careful when having these conversations. Um, the first do, before they're Jehovah's Witnesses, they're still people. Hmm. Um, th these are honest, uh, hardworking, uh, good people um, that genuinely think they're doing the right thing. Yep. Um, and these are people we do life with every day. They're in our communities. They are in our schools. They are in the grocery store line next to us. So they're around. And worldwide, there's about eight and a half million of these uh, of Jehovah's Witnesses uh, in the world. So the second part is you, you need to be ready to play the long game with Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, they are committed to their faith. Uh, and they, every week, uh, meet for what they call a theocratic ministry school. Hmm. And in this ministry school, they are equipped to go out and come to your doors. Which takes guts. It, it really does. That's a scary thing. Because you, you never know like what people are going to say to you, and many people are annoyed, so they treat you like junk. Yep. 
And that's what they're used to. They're used to doors getting slammed in their face, people yelling at them. Um, and again, they think they're doing the Lord's work. Mm. And uh, so you have to be ready to play the long game with them. And, and you have to be nice to them. Mm. First and foremost, be nice to them. The third thing is make sure you're doing your research. Um, make it a point really to answer all questions that they throw at you. Because as you start to engage them in conversation, uh, it is part of their equipping and the schooling and their training that uh, they are supposed to answer or ask you a bunch of questions. Mm. It's kind of a deflecting mechanism too. Yep. Uh, that Which they, is smart. It is because then nothing hard lands them yep. with them. But you are, the burden of proof is on you then, mm. uh, which can be tough at times. So make sure you do your research and that you know that the questions you're going to ask, you can answer and back up biblically. Mm. What if I can't? Of, so that's a good that's a good question, and if you can't, uh, you can still engage them, mm-hmm. but then do your research after the fact because they will come back. Yeah. Can you ask them to come back, and they will take notes and then come back and talk to you? Yes. Good. Absolutely, they can. Um, so two things there: if they feel that you are debating or arguing with them, they will shut it down and they will not come back because mm. they're again equipped and told if anybody's going to engage you in debate or argument. Just don't even bother. Right. Which is actually really smart because mm-hmm. like nobody has their mind changed when they want to fight. Exactly. Yep. So. Exactly. And the other thing too, that you need to remember is that Jehovah's Witnesses are operating out of a completely different Bible than what you and I are used to. Hmm. They use a, a new world translation of the Holy Scriptures. So this is a, a Bible that's been translated internally in their organization. Um, all the translators have been uh, anonymous, have been told that you know they're not going to reveal the names. And wow. there's some debate over why that is. And, and you know, my opinion is that's because you can't find out who it is and uh, look up their qualifications. So uh, you need to remember that. And for example, if you look in John 1.1, 1, 1, the New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures would interpret that as, uh, in the beginning, the Word was with God and the Word was a God. Hmm. Which obliterates the deity of Christ. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So in our Bible, we know that is the word was God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the the doctrines that they, they remove the deity of Christ and they don't believe in the Trinity. Um, Jesus was a created being mm. um, and was just a man. And all worship goes to Jehovah the Father. Mm. So remember, that's good just to know that yep. when you're talking with them. The other thing, uh, and lastly, the fourth do, or do is allow them the respect of saving face. Mm. You're not in it to embarrass them. You're not in it to always win an argument with them. Nobody's going to win. And at the end of the day, you're going to be angry and they're going to be angry. And what did that accomplish? Yep. Just to your point earlier, what does that accomplish? So at their their core, they are um, fundamentally changing the nature of God, Mm, Father, Son, and Spirit, Mm -hmm. dismantling the Trinity, Shifting and changing the actual word of God to suit their purposes, even though historically the best Greek scholars on the planet for the last hundreds of years have said that this translation is not a reputable translation and is a um, does harm to the actual Greek text in the English translation. It's it's not good, and they don't know that. Right. So when you tell them that. This is news to them. Yeah, they're insulated and they they yes. hear what they've been taught their whole lives and yep. insulate themselves from other opinions, which is understandable if sure. you're trying to protect your people from actually hearing the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I, ha- I have two don'ts uh, that you don't want with Jehovah's Witnesses is you never want to approach a conversation with a chip on your shoulder, that you mm. are the epitome of all spiritual knowledge and 
you're just going to answer everything that they have to say and you're going to shut it down and they're going to come to Christ and you're going to be the savior because that's not how it works. Hmm. Um, don't come in with that chip on your shoulder. And the other don't is just don't lose your patience. Hmm. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, a majority of them that are coming to your doors have been born and raised inside this organization and have been indoctrinated since birth the, all these teachings that the Watchtower has given to them. Hmm. So it is going to take a lot of dismantling of the hardwiring that's been done inside of their minds to get them to, to Christ. Yeah. How long did it take you to have that dismantled and re-put back together to the point where you trusted in Jesus? Uh, it took about six years. Wow. That's a long time. Years. It did. And it and you, you brought it up in the beginning of the intro about Wayne Grodin's Systematic Theology. Phenomenal book. The podcasts are even greater mm. uh, as he explains each chapter. And that was really w- the intense, deep study that I had to do to unravel the hard wiring that had been done to me. And it, it took a lot of work. Yeah. And I know you remember those long conversations. They're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it fair to say that um, his chapters on the nature of the Trinity and the Word of God, those two separate categories, were pretty pivotal in your theological transformation? And, yes. And were there other ones that were key to that? Were those the, or were those the central ones? The ones that really stood out to me and that I, I always go back to and I love is his four-part uh, podcast series on the doctrine of the Trinity. Mm. And how he unravels that. Uh, and then he even talks about Jehovah's Witnesses specifically yep. in there. And it's like, wow, okay, I didn't realize that. And then uh, the being of God and the yep. being of Christ uh, was, awesome. was just amazing. That's sweet. Does a great job. So one of my so one of my challenges, right, is that um, I've been a seminary and all this stuff. I've, I've thought about these questions. And, and so like part of me wants to prove something to them. Mm. You know, like part of me thinks I can win the intellectual battle. And then the other part of me has to ask a question and say, okay, Michael, do you really love them? Yeah. And And that's hard because I don't know them and they represent something that is anti um, what is most important to me. Yeah. And people will be conflicted with this when they're at the doors because they're saying something completely different than what you believe in. And it's very sensitive to us. And you know, anytime you remove deity of Christ and that he's not God, that that hits a button and mm. it's a it's a hot button issue with us. And and fundamentally, at the end of the day, we need to pray for these people. We need to love these people because, again, nobody has come to faith in Christ when they've been belittled, when they've been argued, when they've been embarrassed. Mm. People come to faith in Christ when they feel love yep. and the Holy Spirit has just pulled them. And we want to be good examples of that. Yeah. Who who were in the six years after you left the Jehovah's Witnesses to the point where you came to Christ, who were some of the, we'll just say, major players that patiently um, walked through this with you and did not lose it? Mm. Well, first, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nat. She uh, she dealt with a lot of scrutiny and criticism for me, um, not in a, a belittling way at all, but just you know, for me, just not knowing what I didn't know. Okay. Um, I had a great friend uh, who's the executive pastor at a, a church in Mount Prospect who who really took time just to have conversations with me, and then introduced me to Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, uh, and then I have. Great examples from my brother-in-law, Miguel, my sister-in-law, Amanda. Yep, awesome. uh, Her mom and dad, David and Sharon Chow. I mean, just great examples and people that the Lord had purposefully put in my life to say, first off, you're not going to run for me. Mm. 
and I'm going to come and get you. Yep. And I couldn't ignore. Yeah. And I was quick to ignore some things, yep. uh, but not that. And that, uh, that was just amazing. Best experience of my life. And I'm so glad. That's awesome. And I think there's something big to remember here is that when God wants to save a Jehovah's witness, he will. Absolutely. And oftentimes, I mean, this is um, so cultural. It's your worldview, which is the gospel. And so who is God? Who is man? Who do they relate? And God had to systematically dismantle your wrong thinking and then re-put you back together mm. before you could really trust in Christ. And, um, and so you never know when a Jehovah's witness comes to the door, there's what they're supposed to say. And then there's what's going on in their head and their heart that they are struggling with. And so like, you never know what part you're playing, even if it's just kindness as you interact with them for a minute, whether it's just questions you ask them. Uh, I loved what you said is they are valuable to God and don't be mean. And, and honestly, like uh, you said, help them save face. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. Nobody right. wants to be shamed. And uh, it's just a great reminder. I think when I met you, you were on the back end of this journey and you had already had so many people who came into this um, process for you and patiently encouraged you. And uh, I know that at Village, we didn't want to just get up in the pulpit and just just embarrass you, you know, mm. um, and make it unnecessarily difficult for you. And so anyways, praise God. I'm so glad he intervened in your life. Thank you for being with us Amen. today. And uh, listeners, we want to encourage you. If you have more questions on Jehovah's Witnesses um, and uh, anything having to do with doctrine, how to relate to them, what to do, we can bring John back anytime. And uh, John has lived this, been there, done that, met Jesus, come out, been transformed, and uh, now is being used to God to do some pretty cool things. So thanks, John, for joining us. Thank um, you. Listeners, we will see you tomorrow when we answer the question, is it okay for Christians to have tattoos? And audience, listeners, Pastor Tim has at least one tattoo.